podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind. I am Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted this afternoon to be joined by uh, John McMustard and Colin Hunter. Welcome to the show guys, how are you? How are you doing Paul John? Hi, well I'm good, how are you Colin? Uh, I've been chasing my tail all day, I've got a a charity FIFA tournament on Saturday so I've just been kind of, you know, just polishing up some skills. I polished up some skills last night when I tanned John three times. Given how rubbish you were last night. I took, the, <laughs> I took the ball into the corner when it was 4 0 because I refused to let him score a fifth and just time wasted. He gets so excited when he just gets, oh, oh, nearly a goal. Did you just take the ball off me? Yes. <laughs> Tactics going into the corner, using your, your bum strength and all that to keep the defence off you. That's yeah. tremendous. That's serious. That's, that's, that's the John McGinn way. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. The John McGinway, aye, and before him, the best uh, utiliser of the arse cheek was probably Kenny Dalgleish prior to yes. John McGinn. Um, uh, and let's not forget James Forrest. He's very good at using the buttocks also. <laughs> <laughs> now, I need to ask. Muscles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's an impressive installation. But we'll need to ask, Colin, I love that artwork over your right shoulder. Um, could you tell me a wee bit about that? Yes. Was that you? I uh, no, that's actually my friend uh, Eleanor that, that done that uh, um a good few years ago. Um she is a, a fantastic artist and she runs under uh, the name East End Press and has a beautiful studio that looks over a beautiful place called Paradise. In East End of Glasgow. Lovely, lovely. Nice location. I mean, looking out your window and seeing that would be, for me, an inspiration every single day. Oh. There's, but I need to ask you, every time I speak to someone who is an artist, a musician, you know, an author, and they're also of a Celtic state of mind, I've got to ask the question, how come the creative people you meet in this world all seem to love Celtic? I'll ask you first, John. Have you got a theory on it? I, d- I don't agree with the theory. Colonel Mustard, <laughs> Mustard's half and half, so if I, if I come out and say that, that could be like a, a whole band mutiny. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll, um, I'll, I'll refine that question. How come all the decent folks seem to be? There's a high... What I would say is there is a high instance of really good musicians and really good comedians that come from... Irish descent, and I suppose that's why there's maybe a lot of Celtic supporters in amongst that. Yeah, I, that, I don't know why show. that is, but it's definitely true. And you're talking about comedy there. Um, I, I think that that runs in the kind of heritage of Celts uh, from Scotland, obviously, whereby you know getting up and making people laugh or singing a song would have been part of a community kind of vibe. I always remember 
thinking back to my youth growing up and New Year's, that's what it was all about. But how important to you is comedy, John? How important is that to you and, and what you do with music? Aye, well, for both of us, uh, comedies at, at times, it's more important than music, but music's, <laughs> music's slightly... Uh, is slightly more important than comedy, but we we love comedians. Like obviously the song Billy Conley and the EP. We you know there's no finer comedian, but we love love so many comedians. Collins got me an an American comedian who passed away called Norm Macdonald. Comedian, comedian, he's oh, comedian. There you go. <laughs> I, he knows his comedy history more than me. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm I, I'm I'm so I am that big a fan of comedy that uh, I'm now in a long distance relationship with a comedian. <laughs> is that right? That that is tremendous. I've got a wee story actually, but uh, I, I take my hat off to anybody who can get up on a stage and sing and create art. Or, or make people laugh. I just think it's unbelievable. Uh, there's a bravery there. And fairly recently, we did a, an event in Glasgow with Sean Ryder, and it was a Q&A thing. And Sean was like an hour and a half to two hours late. He turned up with a, a bottle of Fanta, which was filled with Prosecco. And I thought to myself, <laughs> this, this was a, a sold-out gig. How's this going to go? It was really, you know, touch and go. I didn't know how it was going to go. And then somebody tells me, Limmy's in the audience. Limmy has bought a ticket oh, for this gig. He's no in the way. audience. You imagine the, the pressure. You think to yourself, wow. And later on that night, he even tweeted about it. He said he enjoyed it. He said it was yeah. he was good. Oh, um, Sean Ryder. That's a comedian. That stands. Gav Mitchell uh, got me in there. Um, Sean Ryder, and he just lost his brother as well, but it was that sort of gallows humour where, despite that massive loss that you could tell they were all feeling, you know, mm-hmm. losing Paul Ryder, a, a brother and bandmate, but it was still so funny. <laughs> like, he's just... Him and, that's what, when he does Black Grape, I think him and Kermit are a, an amazing double act when it comes to the humour. Oh, aye. aye with it, they're like, so Lemmy, natural. Is, Lemmy's, again, one of our favourites. Like, he's just... Unbelievable. I, I don't, there's like, uh, there's something that Lemmy taps into that she, it, like, it transcends generations, I think. I think maybe, I don't know, I've, I've tried to show like, my dad all that, some stuff, and he's like, ah, I don't get it, son. But I mean, um, you're saying Sean Ryder there, it just, I know that I'm going to name drop, but I'm, I'm going to name drop. Uh, my mate, who was a promoter, Stumphead, had taken me to the Shine On uh, cruise to Amsterdam and um, and Shed 7 were doing, uh, we were supposed to go to Amsterdam, they were doing a, um, an acoustic set in this Irish pub. So we went along and Bez was outside the pub and my solo album had just came out. So I was like, I'm going to just see if he's all right with just like plugging my album. And I walked up and I was like, all right, man, uh, how's it going? Good. Uh, here, could you take a plug for my album? And he's like, he's like no worries, I could. Uh, that's how they talk, isn't it? Like the, like the beat was in there. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but he goes, are you bothered? Was it, was it Paul O'Grady or Bez you met? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, uh, here, he's like, I, 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 he's like, I need more of that, pal. Uh, so 
I, I said that the, the, my name's Colin Hunter and the album's called Maths Teacher. And he just goes, all right, our kid Colin here has got a new album out. But then it's called Maths Teacher and we've done the maths. It don't cost much. <laughs> uh, and then, so then so we got talking and got kind of farly and later on he was doing a DJ set with um, what's her name John uh, Luetta so then I was up I was just dancing and I'm a, I'm a dad and a disco dancer and uh, he, he dashed me up to the stage and he goes just do a bit of dancing and I was like alright and I don't know the Stone Rosie stuff but I, I'm not a, <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> <laughs> so I was just sitting there doing a bit of this up on stage and uh, the way I was singing and she came up to me and the place was packed man and she came up and I was steaming I was this was back when I was drinking and I was steaming on this cruise ship and she comes up with the mic and as if I'm meant to do this bit that's meant to be that everybody knows and I just went on your forehead and then uh, I tried to get the mic off. <laughs> I get kicked off stage, and that was the last. That, that was the friendship was short lived. <laughs> the Stone Roses. <laughs> oh, brilliant! That's brilliant. Colin's got a lot of stories about offending celebrities. Like I don't know if he does it deliberately, but anytime he meets somebody, he ends up saying something. And uh, you tell the story about Charlie Adams. <laughs> Uh, the last one was Charlie Adam. We were at a podcast night and it was like a Q&A and it was pretty... Uh, the folk in the... It was in Dundee when he uh, just when he played his last game for Dundee, actually. So good on him for turning up that day because uh, they, they went down a league. Mm-hmm. They turned up and he was obviously raging about that but still turning up to do the thing. So he was already in a bit of a mood and... But he's Q&A and all that, but it was good. And then Colin, halfway through it, came out with like one of his pure, terrible dad jokes about... What is it again? I just went, Charlie, I've got a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while. I was like, Did you know that Kevin Bacon used to have a dodgy hair until he had it cured? And then, and then he just seen a look of rage get out of his face. And he's like, and then Charlie went, Who's Kevin Bacon? And I, and I went, oh, just a boy went to different schools way together. And then it got even more reason than John had to calm it down. John's like, no, no, it's just terrible part of it. It's just terrible part of it. And later on, we're all getting a picture taken. And I went, I went to shake his horn to say, sorry about that. And he, oh, he fucking, he fucking squeezed my horn. He <laughs> was the happy. The country I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> see, see the thing with Scottish football you've got to watch because it is the one part of the world where you can upset just about anybody um, John what what's your kind of take on football or did you have ability as a, as a youngster were you one of these guys who was blessed with musical ability and football ability I'm blessed with neither at a young age anyway uh, I played for Glenn Boy that was my kind of uh, where my, a lot of my family are still from uh, where my dad's from so Played for them, but I was a daydreamer. I was right back, just probably in that artist mode, even for that young age, just daydreaming with guys running past you and getting shouted at off the manager. But I got a football brain when I was in my 20s, but it's obviously too late by then. But played played 11s with the Glasgow Liverpool Supporters Club. Uh, and we got, we got promoted and we won a cup and all that. And 
by that point, I'd be, it was just like go up front and make a nuisance of yourself. And I was able to do that and score the flukiest goals ever. They call me Velcro Man. <laughs> uh, no, I, lo- I love football and I've always played it for a young age. But uh, my, my school football team were really good, St. Barbara's. Uh, but my, my, my memory, one of my memories of St. Barbara's was when we were playing steps and I, I must have played well in goals the week before. And my wee mate was out the team and because he started greeting, they took him on the, the coachways. But I got 12 goals put in at me in the first half, so they subbed me. <laughs> The wee guy, Ali, uh, Ali McDougall, uh, he got brought in the second half, no goals into him. So, aye, that's that's about it for my foot. But I always say, because recently we've done the family history, and traditionally both sides of my family, my mum and dad, we come from a Celtic background. My partner, Don, is more Rangers, and uh, so we're kind of mixed in my family. But... My granda used to say, oh, your nana's granda used to play. He played for Rangers the first game at Ibrox. Uh, but nobody kind of listened. And, but we'd done the family tree recently. And I, sure enough, Bob Bob Brand's the guy's name. He's got a Wikipedia. The Rangers stuff's not on it. Uh, but he played, he played in the very first games of the Football League down south, the English League. He was like a minor, I think, and mm-hmm. just travelled about. So... Uh, it's quite good. Eh? It wasn't a minor. Well, it would have stopped being a minor after you know his his seven his eighteenth birthday. I'm sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there is there is so I, my, my point yeah. of that is I've got two left feet because there's a bit of Rangers and Celtic in my my family, and that's why I'm terrible at football. <laughs> the thing is, though, the memories you've got um, are. I think they're pretty special coming through your life. You meet people years later and you played football with them, even if it wasn't at a level. But I was talking fairly recently to a, a Scottish musician called Kevin McDermott, and he was telling me that back in the 80s and 90s, bands used to set up five-a-side games. So like Aye. it would be him, and they would get a couple of guys, with the, um, Bell and Sebastian. I, and I, I, think, used, I, used, you know, I used to play them. That was that the Tuesday, Tuesday Mary Hill game. I wasn't a musician at the time, but I, I managed bands, but it used all the guys on, on the dole and musicians and it was every Tuesday afternoon up Mary Hill so you had guys for Teenage Fan Club Biz Bell and Sebastian Justin Fidelimitri used to play in it brilliant uh, but I, it was, it was, that was a good game of football so I, I used to enjoy that i done the recent charity match last year yeah. uh, or the year before uh, the COP26 game for change so that that was really cool uh, where I got to play like Frank McAvenny was one of the team managers uh, and I John Hartson uh, jo- John Hartson was our team manager so he was telling brilliant stories about because Marvin Andrews was in our team and he's going Marvin Andrews used to come up behind me and he'd be you know going God is good God is great like really <laughs> putting him off <laughs> Uh, I got John Hartson to do a wee video message for Colin, actually, that, that made his year. Oh. Colin Hunter is a legend. <laughs> He's uh, a good that, guy. He's a good that, guy. That was great. Uh, and it was good to play both sides of the old firm and just, you know, but just a relief. But I, I, I hadn't played football properly for about 10 years, so I was dying on Mars that day. Uh, but I put in a shift in defence back to my, my first position. Right back. 
Um, what about yourself, Colin? I mean, obviously, it, it's a difficult one sometimes for people to uh, pin their colours to the mast when it comes to you know their allegiance in Glasgow or in Scotland. But um, you're quite happy to to tell us that you're you're a Celtic fan first and foremost. Did you play? No, no, no. Uh, I was. I mean, when I was younger, see when you played in the scheme between one curb and the other curb. I had a good tactic at pretending I was going to run straight, kick it off the curb and then, you know, get it on the rebound. That's about it. That was my best tactic. Um, but I played rugby uh, when I was younger and uh, and up until recently, really, because too many concussions and a, a broken collarbone. Um, rugby and badminton. But uh, I love a game of fives and I, I played a bit of Sunday league football, but I'm, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm terrible. Uh, I wait to the professionals, and then I, I just enjoy those. Uh, but you're good at FIFA, mate. Aye. Uh, and Golden Eye. <laughs> Listen, we've got a, we've got a game coming up. This is where this is leading. We've got a charity game coming up, so uh, I'll have a wee chat with you after this to see if you're up for it. Uh, but I love the sound of the games with you know teenage fan club and Biss and all that. That's just brilliant. That's incredible. Um, all playing on a Tuesday. Uh, what about you two guys on a musical kind of level? How did you two come together? So we've known each other uh, for a good few years now, just being in different bands and playing festivals and partying together and. Uh, there was a, a day that I was invited in to do my, my first kind of solo album. It's called Sports Mixture, uh, and it's got it's got lots of songs. It's got an anti-bigotry song called "You'll Simply Never Walk Alone." The best, uh, which combines the Rangers and Celtic anthem. Uh, <laughs> but Colin came in on the song about golf and how much I hate golf. Uh, but it, it just happened by chance. He was in to do a music thing and I was in to do a poetry thing. Mm-hmm. But I said to him, do you fancy playing a bit of guitar over this? And he played this great wee riff and it just worked. And it's kind of been that easy ever since. Uh, he sang on a couple of my songs on uh, Sports Mixture. And then the last couple of years, we got invited to to help the campaign to reopen the People's Palace and Winter Gardens in Glasgow. And they asked us to do, I'd written a spoken word thing. So again, I asked Colin to put some music to that. And they really liked that. And we released it as a single. But the kind of B-side to that was our first version of Billy Conley. And because we both love Billy Conley, we just connected over that. And uh, I so that that's kind of how we, we came together. And we're like, should we call this something? Should we, is this a band? What is this? And... Uh, Hunter McMaster that just kind of this is not a band this is a movement this is a lifestyle <laughs> it's a state of mind absolutely it's a state of mind exactly it is um, it is and it's a, you know when you think Hunter McMaster um, as well I, I look at the photography we'll talk about the the EP that's coming up on the tour and there's a great shot of you two guys and I don't know are you running away from something it reminded me a wee bit of the Beastie Boys sabotage video like it's, ah, it's kind of set there. What was the idea behind the, the artwork for the tour? Well, we, we went up Baza Mills, who's who's a mate, and he photographs all of the best musicians in the world. In fact, I think this might be the last day to vote for him in the competition. Uh, I think he's number one at the moment, or was number one, but he's done amazing shots of Liam Gallagher, the Rolling Stones, Richard Ashcroft, 
Uh, loads of all the big acts, pretty much. But over the years, he's came in, uh, photographed my other band, Colonel Mustard and the Dijon Five, and we've struck up a friendship. And uh, I just reached out to him because I knew we would need a bit of promo. And it was his idea. It was like, why don't we just chance our arm and go up Stirling Castle? Because Baza stays uh, Bridge Island uh, near Stirling. Mm-hmm. So we went in and the folk were like, it was just like, you will let us take photos today, and then you did. Aye. <laughs> but aye, the guys, that, to be fair, at Visit Scotland, because usually when you, these things happen, you get a knockback, but the guys were, were brand new and phoned through, and they were like, yeah, and let us in. And so we just mucked about in Stirling Castle for the day. Oh, my earphones fell down. Uh, uh-huh. The running one, I, I like things with movement. Yeah. Like photographs where something's happening, not just standing posing. So we done two where we were running and we had the kilts on in one of them and we just had the sort of fancy suits on in the other. But uh, it had a bit of a Starsky and Hutch or, as you say, sabotage vibe because you can see there's movement going on even though it's a, a photograph. So uh, that I, I just like photographs where things are moving, even though obviously it's a still. It was a health and safety issue, really, uh, because the cobbled uh, stones were all slippy. And we were, it was just, John was like, let's get a photo running. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's do that. And then if you look you look on our faces, they're just like, let's just know for, this is my good Harris Tweed suit here. Aye. Uh, it was um, raining heavily that day. Aye. So it was a health. I remember it being a health and safety nightmare, but they're always you know, the best. You know, as we've talked about a lot, um, you know, slips, trips, and falls are the most common work accident uh, in you know the workplace. So we must take care. Safety first, then teamwork. You're suffering for your art. I mean, if you go over on your ankle, football career's over. But. Um, it's all for it's all for the purpose of promoting your art, and um, you're up in Stirling there. Actually, one of the gigs you're doing, we're just talking about the venue up there at the toll booth. Where else yeah. are you playing? Where else are you going to be, uh, you know, launching this EP and playing it to your fans? So the EP comes out on the thirty first of March. We actually got the pre order link up, so we'll put that up in the the pages the day where you can go in if you stream it. Uh, so you can just go in and pre save it for going in and streaming it as soon as it's out. But it comes out on the 31st of March and we're playing Inverkip Hotel at Greenock that night with our pals, the Lorettes. Uh, we done a, a thing for French TV with them recently as like uh, a four-piece, which which was really good. Uh, and then the next night is the Stirling, so Saturday the 1st of April, Tollbooth at Stirling, which, we, as we spoke about before, is one of the best venues and in the country, it's just a great acoustics in there. Uh, then the Sunday, the seconds down to Ayrshire, Collins home uh, gig down at venue thirty eight in Ayr. Uh, yes, boy. Yes, boy. Uh, in, fact, in fact, I'm, I'm like one. Of, I'm one of the only uh, three Celtic fans in Cowanan. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then the following weekend, the Friday, we're doing uh, PJ Malloy's in Dunfermline again, a great grassroots venue. Uh, and on the Saturday, we're doing Mac Arts down in Gala Shields. And again, that's one of my favourite venues to, to play. 
the, the staff in there are great and it's like a community co-op type thing where they're just all about the music and, you know, uh, getting good acts down and just getting the community involved. So, aye, so it's five dates and then it's off to the United States of America. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so that's that going to be exciting. Up. So we've got Philadelphia, uh, the fire. And my, my mate JJ, I went to school with, he's got a bar over, or he works in a bar over in Philadelphia. So we're going to link in with him. And one of our favourite sitcoms is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So we'll go and spy some of the, the locations for that. And then we're doing Club Coming, Alan Cummings Cabaret Club in New York and we're doing our own show in Bryant Park, so and I think there'll be other opportunities once we're out there. So, ah, it's going to be exciting just talking about it, let alone doing it. It sounds amazing. I mean, PJ Malloy's that's my stomping ground on Fairmont. Oh, come along, man. Put, put you in the guest list with, for that. I'll definitely fun. come to that. It's a great wee venue, like you say, grassroots, always supporting up and coming bands, and uh, they've done so well there because Dunfermline, when PJs came along, Dunfermline didn't really have a live music scene there was bands but they had to leave Dunfermline to, to get gigs yeah. and they guys have done massive massive things for bands coming through over the last 20-30 years and some great acts I think I think uh, Teenage Fan Club were there just the other month there um, as well what are you most looking forward to about playing um, in America I'll ask you first Colin going over to the States what are you most looking forward to there well my girlfriend is from the States, so I've not seen her in a good few months, so uh, she's going to come and meet us in New York. She's from Colorado. Um, and, like, I, you know, you just get that, I know that I'm going to get that feeling as soon as, um, as soon as we touched in. A feeling that kind of sounds a wee bit like... <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, um, no, they, they just this is the first time we've ever played in the States. It's a massive opportunity. Uh, we're representing, we're Scotland away, basically. Uh, and um, just the opportunity to play to mere folk, to say, maybe gain a wee bit, maybe, maybe the, this beautiful, rugged, handsome outlander look that we've got and we've been <laughs> cultivating we've been cultivating for the last 35, 40 years is gonna hard was in good stead earlier because they love that. They love it in the Americans so they do. Are you from Scotchland? <laughs> you know you know I'm Scottish. I'm from Edinburgh. <laughs> so Colin I, 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 did you tell us that your your girlfriend's a comedian? Yes. Me Do you have a sense of humour to go out with him? Tell, tell <laughs> us where we can we can check her out. Is she, she online and is there various places we can check out her act and stuff like that? Uh, yes, her name is Mimi Hayes. Uh, she has several ways to go and see her. On YouTube, Mimi Hayes Comedian. On She's Instagram, Ed Talk. She's done a TED Talk, TED Talk, Mimi Hayes, uh, on, and don't interrupt me again. You interrupt me again, John. I'm yeah, going to come over there. And... You met her through me. <laughs> you met her through me, so I should really be talking about Mimi. I've known her longer than you. 
You interrupt me again, I'm going to come here and slap that Rasputin look after me. I'm going to make you see, see that, the guy in the background, the painting of you, how flat his nose is. That's what's going to happen to you next time I see you. <laughs> so, so I, my girlfriend, Mimi Hayes, a great comedian, um, she, is, uh, she runs support groups of people with brain injuries, um, and she's a brain survivor herself, and she's an author, and um, her book, It's Okay, It's Just a Hole in My Head, is available from Amazon. Uh, I, and actually, it was through John that I met her. We had a gig with Kyle Faulkner um, uh, in Edinburgh at Dr. Bell's Baths, and actually, he told me that... Is Edinburgh no inleaf? No. They get a bit touchy about that, John, don't they? Aye. It's like saying Airdrie and Glasgow. I know a lot of people from Airdrie get on their Glasgow when they're on holiday, but... That's a cracking venue as well. We had a wee uh, event down there with Las Vegas fairly recently doing it at Dr. Bell's Baths. Good venue. Aye. But I, if it wasn't... John just said, oh, this last is coming, that American comedian. I was like, oh. And she came along and I was like, just was like, here's, I'm going to just try and make you my girlfriend. And we had this, me and John had this, uh, like the promoter, uh, it was your pal David Blair, but we had a boy doing like TikTok videos of the artists after the gig. So he had us at the side and, and I said, oh, Mimi, come with us. We're going to do this wee video. And they asked us what we thought of the gig. And John was like, Aye, aye, brilliant. You know, all the eloquent answers that you could uh, and just polite middle-of-the-road stuff that John usually does. He doesn't ever speak his mind. He really has a power. I was just waiting there, hodding in a really good fart. And as soon as they asked me, I just fucked it. <laughs> and then <laughs> they never used the footage. But I think that was the first time Mimi thought to herself, I like this guy. <laughs> so, can I make a suggestion? You two should just have your own show. Have you thought about that? Just having a pod where you're just absolutely ripping the piss at each other. You had that <laughs> discussion. I, we have spoke about it, but I don't know. Maybe down the line. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when you butt your maybe you butt your ideas up, son. Colin, if Colin gets a bit funnier, I'll let him. What's that, mate? Sorry, could, could he could could he hear you or your crap phone? <laughs> Watching. It comes back to comedy, and there was one thing that really stood out when I was looking through uh, the information that was sent out with your EP, and it was uh, the might. There might also be a mighty Bush influence in there, right? So is that the pair of you? Are you big fans? Aye, both of us are massive Bush fans. Aye, different class. Aye, anything surreal like Lemmy, Mighty Bush, uh, Vic and Bob, uh, Tim and Eric, like just these, you know, Vic and Bob and, and... you know, they they were really the kind of the front runners. They like this kind of well, no, no, really. You know, you had just Spike Milligan and, and Monty Python and that, but like um, when they, when Dick and Bob were doing their thing at the very beginning, they weren't getting a very good reception. A lot of comedians were like saying this was just a kind of 
you know, uh, a phase, but they'll stand at a test of time and, and then inspired folk like the, the Mighty Bush, the Mighty Bush who are, Aye. oh man. And you were Aye. talking about the Bush Fest all day there, weren't you? Aye, there was, like, when they were at their height, there was a festival and I was sent to call and I'm like, imagine we went to Bush Fest because they had like a festival where everybody was just dressed as the characters and doing the songs and like, I I hope if they do make a comeback, they do a, a bush fest again. I'm gutted I didn't go to the first one, but now nah, I've I've got my kids into them, and some it's inappropriate, but then the best humour sometimes like that. You've just got to kind of get your kids into the good stuff. But I absolutely love them, and it's important to know Steve Coogan. It was his production company that you know. Uh, gave them a chance, and I think he was there for some of Vic and Bob's early stuff as well. So Steve Coogan's often in the background with a lot of really good oh, comedy coming through. There's that great. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's okay. It, it's Vic and Bob. They've done a, a documentary on Steve Coogan, and it's oh, it's so good. They just play all different characters, but look at these kind of camera operating uh, characters. Uh, and they were just the just the improv they were doing. Like, it's the one when it's just like sometimes Steve Coogan would come in and he'd done something, and you'd ask him, "Have you done something?" And he'd say, "Nah," but you know he done something. You <laughs> ask him again, "You done it?" Nothing. <laughs> you just staying bed all weekend? Have we missed the bus? I uh, <laughs> I love them. I know, brilliant. Oh, it's outstanding. It really is. Now. You, you've got a song on your EP called Billy Conley. Uh, obviously, you, you spoke about that earlier. Tell us about the EP, and obviously, there's there's. Um, when I was listening to it today, obviously that stood out just because of the the title of the the song. But there's five tracks on the EP. Tell us about it. The, the links will be underneath here, so you can stream it, pre-order yeah. it, etc. So the I the five tracks. So the first one, the opening track, if it gets you where you're going, uh, that's that's a song. Written mainly about, I suppose, hope and overcoming adversity. Uh, and it's it's written from a, a personal perspective from both of us, but uh, just going through difficult times and trying to overcome that and just hopefully giving people a bit of hope within that. Uh, it's, got, it's got an amazing riff that Colin came up with that's so catchy. Uh, so that's, that's number one. Number two is Jacobite. Uh, which, again, is a different vibe altogether. We've got uh, Isa for the Lorettes playing violin on that. We've got Gary McFadden, who is a brilliant banjo player, but he's playing banjo and dobra and uh, something else on it as well, isn't he? And, uh, aye, so that, and that's, I suppose, again, we, we love history as well. We're really interested in, you know, looking back and seeing what was happening and, uh, that's kind of weirdly Colin being an Ayrshire boy, Robert Burns had written a similar sort of thing <laughs> many years before that Colin wasn't aware of until I went, eh, actually, Robert Burns fucking superseded you a wee bit there, mate. But Col- Colin's point of view on on Jacobites in the modern age is, is aye, pretty good as well. But it was just a, it was a, it was a, a, an idea that I, I'd read like a story, you know, like the, you know, like one of these ghost stories, 
the people have cited like the the ghost the Jacobite army are still marching. And what are they marching for? They're marching for the heat the Bonnie Prince Charlie for um for being a, a right big silly daft in my opinion. Aye. Uh, I, th- I think and, I think overall both both of the things it's about like if you're just replacing one monarchy with another monarchy, is that particularly a good thing? That that's what I take out of it. But mm-hmm. you might have meant something different in the the lyrics. Uh, number three on the EP is uh, "Little Bird Lost." Is it? Little I don't Bird know Lost. Aye, so that's 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 the kind of bluegrass uh, influences. But that's a song that I I'd written the lyrics years ago. Uh, when I was over in South Korea with the Dijon Five place drop, uh, we were flying back and I was feeling a bit sorry for myself, but I was also reading about the war in Syria at the time and how kids were still out just playing in the streets, even though there was war going on all around them. And you see similar pictures in Ukraine and places like that. And there's something really sad about it, but there's also something really beautiful about the fact that kids will just be kids and just Mm -hmm. play even when, you know, the worst possible things are happening, uh, and I, I, that's that's what that's about. And again, Gary uh, McFadden came in with a banjo and uh, done a great job on that. Number four is Billy Conley. Uh, Colin, oh. uh, Colin came up with an amazing riff, and I, it's a song I'd been wanting to write for years, but thanks to the People's Palace campaign, it kind of made us get it up to the level that it had to be because if you're writing a song about Billy Conley, it can't be rubbish. It needs to be amazing. And our pal, Gav Mitchell, who plays Bobby the Barman or played Bobby the Barman in Still Game, he gave Billy a copy. Brilliant. And he went, oh, I've already heard it. Uh, and he said... How did he say that? I've already heard it, Gavin, you big jobby. <laughs> But he said that his daughter had found it really emotional, so I take that as a massive compliment. Uh, You would take anything as a massive compliment. Did you hear what he just said there, Paul? He says, if we're going to write a song about Billy Cobb, it needs to be amazing. So therefore, he's then stating that he's 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 a grandson, this boy. Just talking about how amazing he is under your nose. He's just like... Uh, he's just subtly talking about how brilliant he is. Well done, John. Well done, mate. I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. <laughs> a dick. <laughs> and then number five, number it's five John last... talking about how, how brilliant he is again. Aye, last but not least, uh, this West of Scotland vegan is going to do your nutting. It's number five. I'm not a vegan, by the way, but I aspire to eat a more plant-based diet for my own health, selfishly. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of heart disease in my family, but also because there's a lot of animal cruelty and unnecessary battery farming goes on, but also for the environment with the meat and dairy industry doing the, the damage they do. It's triple threat, but Colin is a meat eater uh, for the purposes of impartiality. Colin, it's a good point though that, you, that you're talking there, uh, John, about just making tiny wee changes. If everybody makes that tiny wee change, it could actually impact positively uh, yeah. in, in the 
you know, things that I think become very natural when you're younger and you're basically fed your dinner and you eat it because if you don't, you're going to be hungry. So it yeah. becomes habitual. By the time you're in your 30s and 40s, you're a meat me or you've never chosen to be. I mean, fairly mm-hmm. anybody who's young enough to have the savvy to say, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to have a plant-based diet. I'm going to be a vegetarian right. or a vegan. The thing with veganism that I find difficult, it's not easy, is it? There's so there's a bit of hard work and planning that goes into veganism, isn't there? Aye. You, you can't even have a leather belt or a leather couch, which that's why I, I would never say I'm a vegan, but I aspire to be eat as plant-based a diet as possible. But a folk are make, as you say, folk are making wee changes. And I suppose the thing about that, the, the song title is Vegans Do our nuts in, do you know, it's like, so it's try to do it, but not be judgy. And also there's many unhealthy vegans out there that aren't doing it properly, that aren't getting enough vitamins. So uh, it's not, it's not as simple as you just be a vegan and that is really easy. There's a lot of planning that, that would need to go into it. Uh, yeah, you need- I, I, I was, I was, I was uh, plant-based before this roaster was anyway. I don't know that. See that? What a t-shirt! No, I made it. <laughs> uh, and um, I so like, I, 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 I don't think there is a right and wrong in eating or not eating meat. I think, as John says, a balance. Um, uh, you know, diet. Um, and just you know. All, all these, like you see, like the pig farm. When you said battery farm earlier, I just imagined, I don't know what's wrong with Duracell, mate. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I know. But I even just talking about Duracell <laughs> and ion batteries, and even with the whole electric car thing, when you think about I, we're going to have a better environment, but if you actually look at the people mining, the cobalt in Africa and the Congo, it's it's modern day slavery that's going on over there. Do you know they've got kids doing it? They've got like wee babies on their mum's back while they're out getting this cobalt that we is in every one of our smartphones, every one of our computers. Do you know? So uh, and the atomic weight, yeah. the atomic weight of cobalt is fifty thirty eight point nine. Was it fifty eight point nine? I learned that to Ghostbusters. Right. Just try to make a really serious point about the environment, and this clown steps in with a Ghostbusters reference. (laughs) No, but you know the thing, John. Often I've, uh, I've, you know, I've mentioned about how there's a lot of great music, um, and we've seen a lot of great music coming through the studio from Scotland, and uh, then you start thinking that sometimes people are very reluctant to talk about big issues and political issues. And I think the last few weeks I've seen the reaction sometimes people can get if they even have a uh, the audacity to have an opinion on politics. Yeah. But I think it is important for you to, to write about it. Is that something that you, has always been in your songwriting, John? Uh, since, since I probably, I, not, not when I first started out, not in my teens. In your teens, you're writing about a lot of rubbish, but... Certainly in the last uh, 10, 15 years, uh, I probably write a lot of political stuff that will never see the light of day, but it gets it out of my system. If I'm annoyed with the government or, uh, do you know, things like Brexit or that, I'd written a, a, a whole poem about that that I've just never posted anywhere. But 
I sometimes think it just depresses people when you, you're going on about things that they know about anyway. And a lot of the time you're just preaching to the converted in your bubble anyway. Uh, but I, I definitely, um, there's always a social conscience about what, what I do. Well, I'd like to think there is anyway, but I try and do it subtly uh, or, or have it. If it's not subtle, there's humour in it. Because I think if you're just going, do you know, I hate Tories. Like, who, who are you really, do you know, what, what's, what are you achieving with that? It's not going to turn a Tory into, do you know, a Green Party supporter. Uh, I, and the, the thing is, it, it, it separates people. The bit, like, if you're climbing a mountain and you want folk, if, if there's someone lagging behind, you don't help them be getting you off the mountain by going, move your fat dick, get out of here, you're fucking... You go back and you go, listen, man, we can do this together. Let's all have, you, want a, you want a tracker, bro? Come on. You, you, you talk to each other and you help each other instead of like calling each other fat dicks. It's been ages since I had a tracker bar, by the way, but you've inspired me to go and track one down. Um, But I think the humour, the humour is a great idea because I I listen to Frankie Boyle, you're you're laughing your head off, but he is making brilliant, strong political arguments at the same time as being extremely funny. Um, I I can't let you guys go without saying to you, Colin, about your football team, our football team, Ange Postacoglu, how everything is going right now. The treble is on. How are you feeling as one of only three Celts in kill winning? There we go. <laughs> There's my man there. There he is. Hugo. Genius. Uh, oh, she just like at the um against hearts at the weekend there. That just that we flick. It was um Jot and that we how does he do, do those things, man? It's it's incredible. Um I I am really loving Ange Postacoglu. I'm loving the Celtic side. It's um it's the only time I've, I've seen his no look that dominant uh, is at last old firm where we're just lucky that Morelos is, you know, was on their clears for so long, uh, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I, 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 I'd stared at my, when I was, I, I don't even know what it was that made me become a Celtic fan because like my stepdad, he's a Rangers man and tried to get me into being Rangers fan as well and he got my brother he couldn't get me and I begged and begged and begged my mum for a Celtic strip my first Celtic strip was the Bumblebee that was my first one that I ever got and uh, my, my stepdad was still on the case trying to get me to become a Rangers fan so he came me to an old firm with my brother and uh, it says we're obviously going to be sitting in the Ibrooks and it says don't wear your, your Celtic strip and I was like no, I, I know, I won't wear it. Obviously, I wore it, but my brother's umbro jumped through the carpet. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Celtic scored. I, can't, I, I was that young, I can't remember what, what, what game it was. It might have even just been a reserves game, but the place was, Ibrox was still packed. And I threw my jumper off. <laughs> I just got this fucking jump last. You'd never seen that many like 50 year old guys wanting to kill a Wayne man we had to get escorted out and that's when my, my stepdad my stepdad was just like right I'm going to leave him alone let him do his own thing <laughs> but, uh, but on a, a, alternatively when, uh, later in life when I'd, uh, I'd met my dad uh, my, I think it was my favourite game my favourite goal my, one of my favourite 
experiences in my full life was, I think it, you probably know better, Paul, it was 2007, 2008, when um, uh, just at Rugby Park, last dying embers at injury time, we got a free kick. Who is going to step up to the, the, the plate is Nakamura. He scores it, we win the title. And just, I was there with my dad, first game together, we were just getting to know each other. And it was, um, we got the, the tickets for nothing because uh, Kelly's kit man, Kev, still his kit, kit man, they got his free tickets. And we are just like, ah! just the first time we had this look at each other, that, that look that you get, and, and you just look at each other and it's just like insanity, but like joy. And it's like, you're my dad, I'm your son. Hey, send me a class, aren't they? Brilliant. But um, I, I've got, I mean, how, 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 how long have you left? As long as you want. So as I, we're talking Celtic, take as I, long as you want. I, I was at Larson's last game that Sutton scored against Rangers, that, that last old firm game, where my cousin had gave us his ticket because... I'd never got to see Larson, and it was like, I need to see him at least before he goes, because, you know, I don't think there's been anybody close since, uh, well, a few in the, the current team are potentials, but not not at that level for so long. Uh, but I, that that was a, a special moment in Parkhead when Sutton put that, that ball in the back of the net. Class. I mean, see, Colin, you're talking about a game there. I was, um, yeah. a couple of years ago, I was talking to Saul Davis out of James, right? And I got name drop. That's a big name drop, right? He was at that game. He would have been in the same stand as you. He was at that game with the entire band, right? And it all came through the fact that Tim Booth was really good mates with Gordon Strachan. They did, oh, really? Uh, they're like, I did not know that. It's from Strachan's Leeds United days. Tim Booth's a Leeds fan. And they became pals. And they meet up regularly and every time James plays in Scotland, they'll leave tickets for Gordon and it's all hospitality and it's the best tickets in the place. So Saul had said to the band, they were up playing in Glasgow, we need to go and watch this game. Could you see if uh, Strachan will sort out tickets? And so they're, they're going to the game thinking it's all going to be hoity-toity hospitality, but they were just giving tickets behind the goal. But they were behind that goal when Nakamura scored the free kick. So they were there. Uh, and uh, James Need to look out for them next time on the, the uh, highlights. Absolutely. There's your ticket. There's a Kelly Pie. Sit your bum down. Enjoy. Exactly. Listen, oh, no, it's a Kilmarnock pie now. What was that all about? Was there some kind of legal wrangle about the Kelly Pie? I so I think there was something to do with the fella that owns Browning's. Um, somebody. I've been, I've been told this story like three times. But like, um, what are we talking about? Kelly pies. Pies. Collins <laughs> <laughs> a human goldfish. Pies. Yeah, uh, it brings back <laughs> it brings back the um, the fact that you know uh, Morton's rolls right. So that's a big thing that that's gone doing the tubes. I'm in Fife. It means absolutely nothing to me. I'd, I've never had a Morton roll in my life. No, so, we've got, and I've known the Morton's role in my life. Ayrshire rules are bit. Glasgow rules got all these, get all the the praise in the world. And they Ayrshire built that city on Morton rules. <laughs> they built this city, and, and it was a city of lies, a city of lies. Because <laughs> your rules are mints. Um, I no Ayrshire. I see if you go ever come to Ayrshire, go to the candy bar 
and get rolls it for, for the candy bar. Sacre bleu. I'll, um, I'll give them a bash. I'll give them a bash, yeah. eh? For sure. I was, but, I was um, sorry? No, I mean, come to Fife, I'm not quite sure what we can offer you. Maybe a steak brady. I'm happy with that. Steak brady yeah. for Stevens. Yeah. Well, I hope that's vegan, Paul John. <laughs> <laughs> I did try a few dishes and I've got to say right everybody do their bit but I just couldn't get over the, the taste just didn't exist in the dishes that I was trying anyway so I'll, I'll put you on to some good ones mate the che- cheese is the hardest thing that's the mm-hmm. one that I, I struggle with because there's no there's no comparison but there's some good meat alternatives now and even chicken nuggets and plant burgers that they do test with people in Folk don't know the difference. A lot of the time, it's the sauce people love anyway. Exactly, you know? I know, I know. So that, yeah. Aye, anyway. That's what you can take, aye, for sure. We're going to have all your links underneath this video, and uh, if you want to download, stream, pre-order the EP, it's all going to be there. We'll also put the ticket links under there as well. If you want to uh, go along and check it out, then we will have a list of all the dates. Uh, for Hunter and McMustard. It's been an absolute uh, joy to listen to you guys. We need to do it again. As I say, we'll do an acoustic session at some point uh, once once we get another uh, videographer that knows what they're doing in place. And uh, that will be on the channel. Uh, thanks to everybody for getting involved. And thank you guys, John and Colin, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you, Paul, John. And can I just say that Colin's been lo- looking forward to this more than anything we've done. And this has been like his, his peak. I, I was chatting about that. I've got so many stories. I've got so many stories. That I could, come back I on. Story. We'll come back on. We'll do a wee acoustic set. For sure. 100%. Thanks. And I'm going Thanks to try so and much, rope you in for the, the, the game as well, the charity game. So I'll give you all the details for that as well. Thanks again, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Network.